real, intimate. You are now tuned into Bonnets and Durags, a Pillow Talk podcast. I'm your host, Via Simone. Let's get into it. What's going on, world? It's your girl, Simone, and you are tuned into another episode of Bonnets and Durags, a Pillow Talk podcast. I am not going to delay the start of this episode any longer. Um, I just wanted to come here and share a few quick notes before we go ahead and get into it. I just wanted to tell you that this episode was amazing. It probably was. I always say that every episode is my favorite episode, but like low-key, this one might be like top five out of all the episodes I've ever done. But it was so fun. So I had the the pleasure of talking to Jason, who is the CEO and founder of B Condoms, which is the only Black-owned condom company. Um, and I also talked to my two homies, Tati and, and Orlando, and we had a thorough conversation about their own sexual escapades and the work that they're doing over there. Orlando has an OnlyFans, and he has a podcast with Tahoe called Hard or Soft. And my homegirl Tati does an IG live segment every Thursday called Tati's Treasures, where she just dives right into it. B Condoms was nice enough to give us a discount code. All of you listeners who are listening to this episode right now will get 30% off of your next purchase with B Condoms using the code BBD. We all know what that means. Use BBD in your promo code section of your cart when you are buying those condoms for your sneaky links. Because let's be honest, if you're sneaky linking out here, you might as well stay protected, stay strapped up, especially with all this coronavirus going on and stuff. Like condoms are your PPE. Use them as such. Okay. No lube necessary. Let's get into it. Hey, everyone. How are you? You're good. 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 What's going on? Happy Monday. Yay. Happy Yay. Monday. <laughs> so enthusiastic. I'm, I'm tired of saying happy Monday. Oh, girl. Look, can we have a summer break like the kids do. I know. Why don't they give that to adults? I don't understand. We deserve it. We sure do. These are the times when I wish I was a teacher. I know. That's a good, that's a good life. Yep. I'll be, I'll be stressed for however many months, seven months out the year, but what's mm. it? <laughs> but yes, thank you so much for joining us, um, for joining the podcast today for this conversation all about sexual health and wellness, especially during this coronavirus time. Um, you know, I brought the three of you all together because I thought that you could create um, meaningful dialogue around this specific topic because you all are experts in your own in your own ways. So before we go ahead and get started, I just kind of want to do a round robin of, you know, introductions, you know, tell the people who you are, what you've got going on where people can find you, projects you're working on, all that good stuff. I guess I'll start. Um, my name is Orlando. Um, my social media is Dear Orlando Roy. Um, I have a podcast called Hard or Soft, where um, we talk about men sitting down in a space and being comfortable to talk about the pros, the cons, the good, the bad, the taboo, and the interesting conversations around sex. Um, me and my co-hosts, we dive deep into like how sexual environment and uh, chemistry and all these other things affect um, affect your experience with your partner. But then we also talk about like the hard conversations that men might, might not want to talk about, like coercion or um, just how do you how do you approach your friends about 
having a conversation about not saying derogatory work on terms to like trans women and stuff like that. So we cover a very big basis. Um, we're doing very, we're new, but we're doing very, very good so far. And then I also have a OnlyFans where I, yes. <laughs> I, I demonstrate <laughs> and I review um, sex toys for men to just help spread awareness, education, and comfort for men using sex toys. Love to hear it. Love to see it. Thank Here you. I'm here for that. What's the fan's name? Did you say that already? Um, yeah, oh, sorry. It's Dare Orlando Roy. So D A R Orlando R O Y E. And it's the same as my social media. Subscribe to that. Yes. Make sure <laughs> subscribe. you subscribe. <laughs> Tati, do you want to go next? Sure. Um, my name is Tatiana. I am a journalist turned novice sex expert. And by expert, I mean I don't know shit. I just be talking about my own personal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I Yeah, so I work in media, and I don't know. I was just really bored one day. And I was like, you know what? I am not having any sex, but I still want to talk about it because that's all I be thinking about nowadays during this pandemic. So I turned on my IG live and I just like had a very honest and open conversation about a lot of these sex toys that I use and just my sexual experience and a lot of the trauma or lack of um, knowledge that I have around it. And it just kind of transformed into this whole thing that I honestly wasn't expecting um, pretty well received. I think a lot of people relate to it because it's just somebody talking about a lot of things that I'm, we're all trying to figure out together. Um, it's called Tati's Treasure, excuse me, Tati's Treasures. And it is every Thursday at nine, but admittedly, I haven't really been doing it, doing it as much these past couple of weeks, just because I've just been so bogged down with what's going on in the world. And I just kind of lost my creative spark, but I kind of got it back recently, um, which really means that people have been asking me and I feel like I'm doing myself and my, uh, you know, my fans a disservice. <laughs> <laughs> we will be back every Thursday. Follow me on IG underscore Tatiana P. Same mm. for my IG. Um, IG live story. Yes. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Love it. Love it. Love it. And go ahead, Jason. All right. Uh, my name is Jason. I run uh, B Condoms. We're the only black owned condom company in the U.S., Uh, We've been around for about nine years. We primarily distribute or have contracts with about 15 states or so. So basically any condom that you'll get in any of the health departments, clinics, nonprofits, also given out throughout a lot of the um, like universities or whatever, mainly in the Southeast. And then like the, the, the Midwest, you'll be able to find our condoms. We're now moving into the retail side. You can, you know, we have meetings set up, you know, with targets, the Walmart, Walgreens or whatever. So hopefully you know, over the coming months, you'll be able to see us in the retail stores. But if you want to buy right now, you can buy us on Amazon or at uh, bcondoms.com. One of the things that kind of separates us as well is our focus not only on quality, but on social impact. Um, So we work kind of hand in hand with a lot of community partners around issues of like HIV and AIDS, teenage pregnancy, as well as human trafficking. Uh, And then one of the other big things that's kind of happened on our side is recently we moved our our headquarters from New York City to Atlanta. Um, So we're really kind of happy to kind of become part of this entrepreneurship community uh, here in Atlanta and also be able to kind of increase our reach and our impact throughout the Southeast. 
That's incredible. Congrats on your expansion. Nah, thank, thanks a lot. Like, you know, it's a long time coming. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Nah, it, it, was a, it was a real hustle. I started, you know, when we started, I literally, I, I, I was living in Harlem, you know, like 121st in St. Nick and started out of, out of my apartment. And recently we just got like a massive warehouse and office space in Atlanta now, which is going to serve as kind of like our main distribution and headquarters. So, That's you know, we, we've, we've come a long way, maybe did about 20, 30 million condoms last year. So. Wow. Yeah. Wait, so can can you bring us back to the beginning? Like, what even inspired you to get started? That's like such a random <laughs> yeah. What made you be like, yep, I'm going to start a condom line? I like, like, and yeah, nah, I, I, I'll tell you, like, with me, like, before I got into kind of like the condom game, I was a lawyer, right? But like, mad miserable. You know, like how a lot of people, we go that corporate route, you think like you're going to find a little riches, be happy or whatever. Then you get there and you're like, I'm actually more miserable than what I thought. Mm-hmm. And then growing up, uh, my mother used to run a detox and transitional care facility. So for like crack addicts, heroin addicts, all of those. And then one day, one day she and I were talking about like HIV and AIDS, teenage pregnancy. And she was like, you know, it's funny that we all give away all of these condoms, but there's not a black owned condom company. Mm-hmm. Right. And at that time, like that was before Trojan Magnum really had like its grip on the black community. And no one was even putting our people on like ads. So everybody had like that real mass market approach. And then it kind of went from there. And I was like, yo, imagine we could not only have our own brand, but also be able to create a brand now to create impact and, you know, be able to really represent our culture and protect the culture. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I I took it from there, went to Thailand, China, Malaysia, visited about 20 manufacturers and went on kind of like my Frank, Frank Lucas until, you know, I could, I could source the best product that we then began distributing throughout the country. Wow. That is, that's incredible. So how, how do you know what was the best product? Were you using, were you putting it in? Yeah, no, 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 like, (laughs) yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I I am my own product tester. Okay. (laughs) Every Friday, you know, free free signing for the attractive ladies, you know, I'm all all about it. (laughs) Protection only, of course, you know, Uh, Uh, but, but no, but I'll actually tell you uh, one of the interesting things about it is that like I was able to go to the actual warehouses in the manufacturing facilities that a lot of my competitors actually go and make their condoms. And, um, you know, whether it was like the air pressure test, the water leak test, the electronic pinhole test, which are kind of like anytime you had condoms triple tested, I was able to go and get access to their backend data. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that way I could actually tell what they were actually putting on in the community to make sure that, you know, not only me positioned to kind of be the only in the first black owned, but to make sure that, you know, when we say vegan friendly or we say organic, you know, when we're talking about not including things like casein, nitrosamines, you know, we want like a healthy product that also represents our culture. Mm-hmm. So I could really be able to see like where they were cutting corners and where mm-hmm. if I had like a more long term view, you know, I would be able to kind of disrupt things in a way that, you know, that, that I can make sure that I can promise, you know, what, what I'm actually saying. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I wanted to ask you, you said that you you are also passionate about recent social impact initiatives. So mm-hmm. how how has your brand played a part in what's going on with like with COVID-19? Oh, so with COVID-19, it's really interesting. One of the things that that we did in response to COVID is we're we're now expanding into our hand sanitizer. Right. Mm-hmm. So like one of the funny things is, you know, everybody talked about a kind of like condom shortage. They had a lot of news about it or whatever they were talking about because a lot of our facilities, like I manufacture in Thailand and Malaysia, right? So what happened was the same way, like, you know, you'll hear about poultry plants getting shut down. There was a lot, the same impact was happening on the condom side, but 
one of the things that we did is we figured we took a step back and we said, okay, how can we begin to bridge that gap? And we already worked with a lot of different um, different nonprofits and a lot of governments because they had an issue in terms of how do they then give out condoms if you're if you're social distancing. So mm-hmm. we gave them a platform at which they could do like mail order condoms to, you know, customers at home, whereas a lot a lot of them weren't even online before. Um, so that was one aspect at which we kind of adapted with COVID. And then the other aspect was we decided to release a line of like hand sanitizer that they can also begin to distribute in, in the community. That That's a great way to pivot. Absolutely. Oh, now, how, how did you, how did you even get into, you know, providing at government agencies? Because I'm, I'm thinking back to like high school and college <laughs> when I was in Planned Parenthood, whether, you know, like just for whatever reason. Yeah. And, I'm just thinking like, damn, did, have I seen beat condoms? I feel like I have. Like, like I, I'll, I'll tell you it's survival, right? Like, you know, like all of us in, in, in our own way, we're all like black entrepreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we all deal with that same challenge of being a black entrepreneur, lack of access to capital, lack of mm-hmm. access to relationships, lack of access to resources. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that happened with us, with us early is, you know, a lot of times, like, you, you know, you and I know what it means to kind of be like, work, got to work twice as hard for half as much, right? So, like, we didn't yeah. really get those opportunities when it came to being able to get retail shelf early, retail shelf space early, right? Which is one of the reasons I'm so pro, we're so big, and we actually made a donation to, like, the Black Lives Matter movement, and we did different campaigns. But the only people that were willing to give us an opportunity were people in government, and, you know, we had Black people in government that was like, you know, we'll trust you. We'll give you the opportunity. And if you can back up what you say on, in terms of your delivery, in terms of your words, we'll support you. Mm-hmm. So for us, like, you know, I had left law, right? Big salary, working Paul Hastings in the city, all of that, like, quote unquote, may have had the comforts, but it wasn't my lifestyle. Yeah. So when I came out and I branched out, like, you know, I didn't have a parachute, right? Like, I'm literally out there, you know, like, like all of us trying to find our way. And mm-hmm. then, you know, government and nonprofit may not have been sexy, but, you know, you're able to get four or five year contracts. Right. So all of a sudden you knock down a couple of big states, you got you're you're good for five, six years. Um, so then for us, that became the foundation at which, you know, at least then we could say, OK, how do we then grow to the next level? So it was it was it was a way for survival for us. Yeah. You were thinking long term. That's that's great. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm happy to hear that. And, and no. I don't. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was only going to say that because you know, like what it's like, like you're tap dancing, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I got a lot of friends that work in marketing. You may get a, a two month proposal. You, and after that, you're like, you're hustling for your next, for your next. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, I, I can't keep tap dancing. Like my, I can't bet my future on like the next one hit quick. That may only last me three, six months. So right. the only thing that I could look at that didn't provide that was government. And I'm like, yo, with us, it took like, I had to take two steps back, right? So I went two years with little to no revenue, just working relationships, right? Meeting people, investing, doing all of that. But then I'm now like the prime for like Illinois. So every condom that the state of Illinois buys is my condoms. And I got that contract wow. through like 2024 or whatever it is, right? So like, uh, like then what happens and then that opens up Alabama, that opens up Mississippi, that opens up Tennessee, that opens up Georgia, South Carolina, all of these other states. And then you look up and you're like, oh, I can breathe now. Now, you know, I can, I can begin to look around and I can begin to maneuver, but yeah, for us, it was just survival. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like you've been able to build such a strong brand presence too, just over the last nine years, close to a decade. Uh, yeah. Like, and, and, and I'll tell you a lot of that really wasn't within that last year. Um, we've just begun to really to staff up internally. Um, mm-hmm. I got a really incredible team. Um, so like, and, and a lot of that, I got to give them the credit because for me, I was kind of, 
semi happy with government, right? Like, yeah. like you know, you get your head beat in so many times that like, yo, you just you're like, yo, I ain't got I ain't got a lot of fight more in me. But um, but what happened was I realized that if we were really going to make the impact that we wanted, we we're going to have to pivot to retail. So I was able to just get a really really good team around me, and they, and they, and they've really been able to because I, I didn't spend I spent zero in marketing for like three years. Because, you oh, know, wow. when we're doing government, it's not required. Oh, that's right? true. So, yeah. like, that, that's where we were fortunate. Whereas, like, now that we're transitioning, now we can begin to see the opportunities that can come on retail and actually, like, building a brand presence and then really making sure that we're getting directly to consumers, basically Black people all across the country. Right. Absolutely. And speaking of consumers and branding, Orlando, I want to touch on this, this empire that you've built with OnlyFans. Like, what even... Empire. Why and how and just bring us right back to the beginning. Like, what what made you think like, yep, I'm going to start doing some sex toy reviews. So, um, th- so the the quick story of how it started was, I am the manager of a podcast called So Shameless, very um big podcast as far as like every, even in New York City. So I was doing a. Uh, a live show. I was putting together a live show, and one of our sponsors, their name is Erotic Boudoir. They came and it was like, "Oh, you know, we'll give you um, one of our toys because you know you're a part of the team. We give them stuff. We want to give you one too." They gave me a pocket pussy. So, <laughs> please explain for the, the people who are novice what a pocket pussy is. A pocket <laughs> pussy is basically like, it's basically it's a pussy that's like in the shape of a flashlight. So the pussy will be on one end and you would hold it like a flashlight and you would masturbate with it as such. Okay. So I ended up giving it away to my friend because he had a wife and like three kids. And I was like, you need this more than you. (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't use it first. I gave it to him. So then we did another live show in Atlanta. Um, they came again. They asked me, oh, how was the toy? I said, oh, my gosh, I didn't use it. Um, I actually gave it away to a friend. So they said, you know what? We'll give you another one. So I, me kind of feeling bad, I was like, you kind of, you keep giving me these toys. And I know they're not cheap. So you know what? I'll, I'll use one and I'll do a review for it. So I used it. I did my review. And I recorded myself using it. And it looked so amazing. <laughs> so wait, now let me ask you. Did yeah. you send it to the brand? Yeah. So you just sent them the video directly. Like, hey, here's so, the product review. Yeah. What? So I did a review where like I just took pictures with my iPhone. I I was I know how to edit now. So I had like Final Cut Pro. So I just did like a whole like um audio with just like the pictures of the oh, uh, review okay. so then i was like oh this is fire but when i watched the video of me using it i was like this is great so <laughs> i send it back to the sponsor i send it to like a few people to like get their feedback on it and they were like oh this is this is really good and i was like this looks way too good for me to give it, be giving it away for free your mind so you're like alas only fans yeah <laughs> so, this content. and only fans is always always there and to toot my own horn i've been told like oh you know you could possibly like pass for like a porn star so i was like oh well you know this is where like i find out like if it's doable mm-hmm. so um i've always been like open and everything with talking about sex and anything involving sex so OnlyFans wasn't like a big risk. It was more of like a, 
oh yeah that makes sense for you mm -hmm. it's in brand alignment yeah yeah so mm -hmm. um with that i i also wanted there to be purpose i just didn't want to do it for like no reason so i told the sponsor like i'll do this i'll make the point of the only fans me reviewing male sex toys and hopefully that will bring some awareness some comfort and some education about these toys so that men aren't scared to use them and right. then I, I had this like idea that trickled that i felt like if men are more comfortable with using sex toys then they'll be more comfortable about their sexuality so they're mm. more comfortable with communicating that which in the grand scheme of it all they become better partners yes oh. <laughs> no. now, have you ever thought about extending that into like your own product line um i would yeah i would love to have like my own toy that would be great i'm pretty sure oh i just started this in january and because i know like um I know a, a good amount of people that are really well known social media wise. And then our podcast is like very, has like, I think like 30,000 listeners per episode. So I just had them just promote me. So like within the last, I think four months, like my, um, my, uh, pay, my gross pay, like increased every single time. And that was a, I was only with it, like me charging five dollars. Wow! Yeah. So, if you don't mind me asking, how much have you made so far on your OnlyFans subscriptions? Um, I I didn't have anybody really to navigate me in OnlyFans, so I was only doing like five dollars. I learned over time that there is so many different ways that you can make money on OnlyFans. So you have like your base subscription, and then you can get tips where people could randomly send you money, but then you can uh, charge tips, I guess, in a certain way. Like you can like message is so the, it's set up just like Twitter. So you can message people and you can charge them just for having conversation. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've done it before myself also. So, <laughs> or talking cheap. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what I've also done is you can take a picture or take a video and send it as a locked picture, a locked video to the messages, and you could charge a certain amount. And then they'll unlock to that. Wow. Yeah, unlock that. Oh, there's yeah. levels to this. Yeah, there's levels to the game. I see. Yeah. So the marketing for it is crazy. So now I didn't learn that until probably like the third or fourth month. And then I got in kind of a groove of like how to like make money. So I've only made up to like 2,500. But I know people that, well, they're women. Um, they start in like their first month and they like hit over two grand. Wow. So I was, because I yeah. felt like I was doing it more for like a purpose. I never cared about like how much money I was making. The money, yeah. Yeah. It, it takes effort. Yeah. yeah. It was just, it was a way to content lock. So that way you weren't putting it out on social media and getting blocked from yeah. Facebook and Instagram yeah. and Twitter. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> But now that you have a strategy, mm -hmm. you can come back harder than ever. Exactly. So no intended. No fun intended. <laughs> <laughs> and what's um what's my little like challenge to myself is I don't promote anything on my OnlyFans on myself. Mm -hmm. I have everybody else promote it. I'll let people know that I have it, but everybody promos for me. So you'll never see me like put any content on my OnlyFans on my social media page. So okay. That's made things a little bit more difficult, but yeah, it's, it's a fun little challenge. 
Yeah. For mm-hmm. so let's talk about your podcast for a little bit. So you have Harder Soft with Tahoe. Yeah. I've listened to a few episodes and I think it's really, really funny. I love mm-hmm. it. I just I love hearing the male perspective when it comes to topics like this because it it almost kind of seems taboo sometimes, like especially yeah. in the black community, is like black men don't really want to talk publicly about exactly. their sex lives and especially the education aspect and even more so the the respect and the respect and the the politics around like, you know, what's okay, what's assault what's mm-hmm. rape you know like all of that so we do yeah. appreciate you having that conversation in that space so Thanks. tell us like what what inspired you guys to even start that so um it's really interesting because so i'm i'm only 29 years old tahoe he's 45 so tahoe's 45 yeah surprising isn't it no i that. did not know that <laughs> yeah wow so the great thing of it great thing about it is we bring two literally different dynamics and two opposite dynamics and it's not for one of us to judge the other but it's for our listeners to listen and take something away from it whether they could be a little bit more comfortable which more times than none happen um be a little bit more educated but at the end of it all they're in a space now where they feel comfortable to talk and to listen so where i I might come from the perspective of like, oh, I want to, I want people to learn and I'm comfortable. I want everybody to try everything. And I'm curious. Tahoe comes from the perspective of he's entertaining. So the way mm-hmm. he, I might want, I might come with a more education, educational like approach. He comes mm-hmm. with a more entertaining approach and each approach uh, reaches whatever audience that it can. Mm-hmm. But just to have both the dynamics, because sometimes he'll rub off on me and I'll say something funny or he'll have like a whole monologue of like just going off about um, like the use um, using condoms and how important it is. So we both rub off on each other. And then um, where I'm more comfortable, he's more experienced. So he's trying to navigate this new world of growing up um with like these toxic masculine masculine like traits and habits and stuff like that and now here i come young and exciting and energetic and telling him like yeah you know just go ahead and try it like if she's into it just don't worry about it like if she's gonna eat your ass go for it like it's okay <laughs> and he's just like i don't know i can't get uh-huh. yeah exactly so and then and then we even have deeper conversations because it's like yo he's his his girl likes to watch a certain type of porn but when he's watching it with her on or he's watching it with her and she's playing with herself it doesn't make him hard even though he's turned on by it and then come to find out is because he has like this masculine thought process that he's supposed to be the one to turn on this girl and just for like mm-hmm. something else to be doing. So now we get into the mental space of sex and um, just with it all, we have a lot of fun. Every episode is funny, hands down. And I can say that confidently. You will, it will be entertaining epi- every episode. Um, that's the fun part, but we also have like the taboo conversations and we make sure we try to find things that men don't like to talk about and really have that conversation because we also want to create a comfortable space to have those hard conversations. So you can then go back and say like, Hey, we can talk about this and it's okay. It doesn't have to be a, 
nah, let's not talk about it. You know, as black people, we'll brush things off to the side or we'll shun mental health and talking about like your mental health and stuff like that. And to talk about sex and mental health all in one comfortable space and let everything be all out there is what we do. And then we'll get like feedback of people like, yeah, I went to my husband and my boyfriend and we talked about this or what should I do? And I put them on and they loved it. And, and um, we had one person verbatim say, we explained what he's always wanted to explain to her um, in like one of our episodes. I can't remember for sure, but like mm-hmm. he did, I, what we said ex- like is exactly how he felt and he always wanted to explain to her and we did that so this is why we do this yeah yeah you're out here changing sex lives that's incredible doing the lord's work wow Mm -hmm. so i um before i I move on to tati one thing i do want to ask you um orlando is what's one aspect of male sexuality that you feel like you've debunked on your show um what masculinity actually is as far as the definition because there'll be things that I'll like talk about and um my co-host like he's he's grown up in like Bed-Stuy he's older so it's like so much that he has to unlearn and um I can't pinpoint like what the conversation was but he said nah I'm not really feeling that because that's not really masculine Mm. like or it doesn't come off as masculine to me and I'm like well what's masculine Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that's just not manly. I'm like, but who defines and says what's manly or not? Mm-hmm. And I was like, to be honest with you, I think the most manly thing that you can do is, um, is, is go go out of your comfort zone and still s- sit there and say, like, I'm a man. I comfortably feel like I'm doing something that I might not be comfortable with. I might be judged with, but I don't care because I'm so comfortable with myself and I consider myself a man that no matter what anybody else thinks, I know what I am. And I was like, and that's as manly as it gets because what's more manly than telling, than not caring what anybody else thinks and not, and not being able to be told anything about what you want to do. But that's my definition. Everybody apparently has their own. But that's one thing I feel like I debunked just in that conversation and with a lot of people listening. And that conversation then led my co-host basically like down a path of like thinking like, yo, maybe I do want to do this and I don't care. Like, And that opened him up to like um, uh, exploring with doms and um, going to like kink parties and rope parties and stuff like that. And it was just like, who's to say what the definition of masculinity is and why should I follow it just because you said so? That's not to me I, or at least what the the taboo or um, the societal definition of masculinity is, is standing on your own, not being a follower. So how can I follow somebody else and then still say, so follow somebody else or something that I don't believe in and then still say I'm masculine. You better come on, preacher. I, <laughs> a whole word. Thank you. That was that was really powerful. Thank you for mm-hmm. identifying that. So speaking of exploration, um, Tati, yes. um, you have this show, this IG show called Tati's Treasure. So like run us through like what what your thought process was even starting that up like was there like one sexual moment that happened that you were like oh i want to i'm gonna i'm gonna do this show i'm gonna talk about this i'm gonna i'm gonna bring these people on like tell us what was the inspiration behind you starting that 
Okay. Um, first, I just want to say that I said period internally like three times as <laughs> he was just breaking down debunking masculinity. I was like, yes, this is what I'm trying to say. It's not that hard to adapt this mindset. Exactly. <laughs> the blockage with some men is just like so unattractive and annoying. Like, it's not that hard. Oh my goodness. You know, but it's like the thing where your parents say where it means so much more when someone in your circle tells you versus like your parents or like the authoritative figure tells you. And I'm just like, goodness gracious, I've been saying this for forever. Men don't listen to me. So I need to be my man who's not my man to your page. Okay. I was about to say, I feel like with guys, you want to tell their friends. Tell their friends. Their friends can then tell them. So then you be like, yo, oh my God, my homie said. You should listen to this really dope podcast. Right. I'm listening to that specific episode and he's gonna be trying to say. Right. Um, but yeah, so honestly, I would say that the lack of sexual experience um, is what led me to starting my IG live. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm turning 28 in a few days and mm-hmm. I feel like I've had like a fun life sexually, but it wasn't liberating. And I think during this quarantine, I've been doing a lot of um, introspecting and I'm like, you know, I just feel like I'm too damn old to not be achieving an orgasm every time I choose to have sex with someone. Um, Not to say I always have an orgasm with myself. So (laughs) I got to do it, do it. But um, yeah, you know, I'm like, I shouldn't be just out here, you know, laying with people and not getting what I want out of the situation, especially because I'm a person who believes in exchanging of energies when you have sex. So it it can be draining. It can be exhausting. You could feel sad and you could have regret. And I don't like feeling like that. And a lot of my friends, we talk about this all the time. And being a person who works in media, I'm always thinking like, I need to share this story because there may be somebody else who can identify this, identify with this, but may not necessarily feel comfortable enough to, you know, talk about it openly. So yeah, I was honestly, truthfully, I was kind of tipsy. It's in my room. It's during quarantine. You know, everybody's like in their heads because there's nowhere else to go besides just being your mind. So <laughs> I'm just like replaying all my past encounters. And I had just got done masturbating. And I'm just like, damn, like, why am I not feeling this good with other people? Yeah. What's preventing me from having that pleasure? So I just started the live and I started just openly talking about all the toys that I use and all my past, not all my past relationships, but like very general, um, you know, past relationship synopsis and why I feel like I haven't been able to achieve that pleasure. So that also, I talked a lot about like my vulnerability or like being, learning to be more vulnerable or like traumas that I'm working through, which obviously whoever's listening to this therapy is so important. Please go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, working through trauma and allowing like, myself to open up to men because I had a really hard time with opening up to men especially as somebody who kind of identifies I'm still trying to figure it out but like identifies as like I guess like more hetero than lesbian I don't know anymore but um like I was dating men historically and I'm like I just I'm not connecting with men like what is the issue here um so yeah I talk a lot about that too so I don't know it was just like a really fun time for me because it was my it was kind of like my form of therapy 
because my therapist left the practice, so I wasn't able to talk. Oh no! I know. Nothing. That's like, the worst. Oh, it was God. the worst. I'm like, girl, I was just starting to open up to you, and then you just up and leave. And finding a therapist is so hard, especially right now when you can't like actively shop around. Right. Um, so for me, it was a form of therapy, just like having those moments of realization, like, okay, as I'm talking this out, um, even though it's like comical and, you know, people are like, oh my gosh, she's talking about things I would never say. It was like healing for me. It's been mm-hmm. healing for me. And to be quite honest, like, you know, I, I wouldn't say that I have like a quarantine or anything like that, but I have, you know, this person who I've been like on and off, like communicating with. And it's honestly opened the communication channel for us in a way that I've never had with anyone before so we talk about my episodes and he asks me about like past traumas and like why it's hard for me or like what do I like which is something that men don't really ask all the time yeah ask you but they don't actively apply what you say right I'm like this is what I like and this is what I need you to do and if you don't do this it's not gonna happen and it's right. like, I feel like energized and I feel a level of like femininity that I never really felt before because kind of like, and I'm sorry, I forgot your name. Is it Daryl? Orlando? Orlando. Is it Orlando? Orlando. Orlando. I don't know why I said Daryl. Oh my God. <laughs> but kind of like what Orlando was saying, like we have to like dismantle, we have to break down these ideas of what masculinity looks like, what femininity looks like. Everybody has that energy inside of them. Every have everybody has both energies inside of them. But like, you know, people think about fem- feminism and they think, oh, it's just like very dainty or very like demure. And it's not like that. I think, you know, for me, my brand of like femininity is very strong and mm-hmm. independent and sexy and sensual. And that's, you know, that's what I like. So I feel like I've used my IG live kind of as therapy, but like also as in- informative too. I've invited a lot of um, sex birds and I tried to get this dominatrix to come on and talk about OnlyFans and like safety as a black sex worker because I think that's a really important topic to talk about. Absolutely. Um, especially because historically, you know, black women, especially trans women in, in sex work are have been killed. So, you know, we want to bring light to that conversation and you know that's what I try I try to be funny but also informative at the same time because you know we need to destigmatize sexual education especially in the black community when we are despairingly dying at like the hands of HIV AIDS or we are afraid to go get tested we don't talk about condom usage we don't even talk about like sex toys which is fun you know like what is going on you know what is going on in our community so I if I have to be that vessel I would gladly be that so yeah that's kind of like the synopsis of my show you are also doing the lord's work thank you for creating this line of communication and and, you know just kind of dismantling this idea that like talking about sex publicly is like wrong for black people right yeah what, what i want to ask you too is you know in what ways have you been feeling more sexually liberated recently so i know that you said that you are kind of more following on the the hetero spectrum but mm-hmm. you're also interested in engaging with women like have yeah. you have you been experimenting during this quarantine safely of course but you know like what what has that looked like for you um so i um i haven't had 
the chance to really explore. And I really thought, you know, like we all did. I was like, I'm coming in too hindsight. It's 2020. I'm about to be in this thing, you know? Um, yeah, that hasn't happened. Um, <laughs> I haven't really been able to explore um, my sexuality as much as I'd like to, just given the state of, you know, the world right now. But I did recently re-download Hinge because, you know, I actually you and I talked about um, down talking about Hinge and then just overall, like a few of my other friends have had Hinge and they're like, get it. So I got it and I opened up my preferences to everyone. And I've been getting some pretty interesting feedback. But my problem is that like with men, I'm picky with women, I'm picky. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I haven't been finding that much success. And it sucks because like right before the quarantine started, one of my friends put me on to this um, lesbian party on Wednesdays in Williamsburg. And I was planning to go. And then they were like, oh, sorry, everything shut down. You can't go anywhere. I'm like, damn it. I feel like I'm more of an organic person. I have to meet you. I have to feel your vibe. Yeah. Um, I sound like a when I say that. But, you know, like the hinge thing doesn't really work for me. Um, so I hope that like once we enter what I guess phase three, phase four, I don't know, whenever we can actually like interact with people again, like strangers again, I'll be able to like enter communities that I never really felt confident, confident enough to enter and kind of engage and like see like where I am because I don't really know, you know, I think I'm at this stage right now where I'm still trying to figure it out myself and I've finally like been honest with myself too about the fact that like I'm I'm a little bit more fluid and I've been kind of like holding myself um, back from enjoying myself and I haven't really gotten a chance to explore it. That's another thing. Like as I'm getting older, I'm like, I refuse to be unhappy or sat and like not satisfied. That's for teens, you know, <laughs> I'm, old, I'm paying bills. These taxes are due every year. Like, absolutely not. You know, uh-huh. I need to live my best life. Yeah, I feel you. Well, I'm I'm excited for this next step in your journey. I feel mm-hmm. like this this will be fun. This will be liberating. This will be fulfilling in every way that it needs to be. So, I know. You know, I'm going to be sitting on the sidelines. Like, put up. <laughs> I, it's so funny because um, I was home for about a month and a half and just came back to New York. But, like, I was talking to my parents. I actually did an IG lab with my parents. And when we finished, I was talking to them and I was like, you know, um, I think I'm like kind of coming out to you guys right now. Like I'm not fully. On IG Live? Wow. No, not on IG Live. No, no, no. Oh, okay. I was like, I love my parents and I think they're very open, but just in case, let me just keep this private. But um, I was like, you know, how would you guys feel if I like came home with a woman? And they were like, honestly, if that's what you that, that's what you want. That's what you want. My mom was like, I'm surprised. I thought she was going to be married to a woman a long time ago. <laughs> and I was like, okay, sis. Um, excuse me. Let me figure out my own journey. I don't need you to be projecting onto me. Right. Like, back <laughs> yeah. up. <laughs> that's very happy. And I'm like, you know, once you kind of like get that acceptance from your parents, it's like, oh, and nothing else matters anymore. I'm about to do what right. I want. Right. Absolutely. So I wanted to do like kind of like a rapid fire of like spicy questions with you all. Yeah. Um, so let's get into it. Jason, I'm going to start with you and be real. What was your wildest sexual encounter? Personally or like yes. what I've seen? 
Personally, this these okay. Well, one, let's see. Rapid fire, rapid fire questions are for you to answer about your experiences. But if, if you do not feel comfortable, that is okay. No, no, I don't want. Like I, I've definitely had like sex in public places. Okay. So like, yeah, like like air airplane, public bathrooms, like that type of thing. Okay. So yeah, yeah, I I, I could definitely say that. Mm-hmm. Fun. Okay, Tati, what about you? Um, hmm. Okay, this one also happened right before the quarantine, which is why I thought I was really about to be popping. Like, <laughs> I thought I was about to be pop locking and dropping it all over the place. R.I.P. Um, right, R.I.P. Um, so I was at a bar and I ran into somebody who I used to date when I first moved to New York, and I should have known I was going to see him there because he put me onto the bar. It uh-huh. was kind of like my mind subconsciously was like, "Sis, you trying to get in some trouble?" <laughs> so, um. I went to the bar and like we kind of re- I saw him there. We reconnected. We had a few drinks. I got a little tipsy, and he was like, "What are you about to do after this?" And I was like, "I'm going to my friend's birthday party, but you know, I got five minutes to spare." So Not five minutes. <laughs> so yeah, you know, we did what we had to do. Like we went to the bathroom. We had a little conversation. You know. Oh, in the bar, the bathroom in the bar. The bathroom in the, the back of the bar in the bathroom smelled like oh. pee and regret. Um. But it was really fun. And I was like, wow, like, this is about to really, like, be indicative of, like, the summer that I'm going to have. But, um, yeah, that was, that was like, probably one of my most fun experiences. Okay. And were y'all protected? Um, yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord protected me. Yeah. The Lord had me covered in the blood. Listen, listen, I'm an advocate for safe sex. But at the end of the day, we are all human beings. And humans yeah, are not yeah. perfect. And right. we're we gonna get you some bee condoms, all right? Mm-hmm. I need okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. Okay, go ahead, Orlando. Um, one of my wildest sexual experiences is with a girl who I've done anal with before. So she she was on her back, and we were doing um anal again. So we talked about it before, and she came up, we we're doing anal. So it was. I used this lube that my sponsor got me that's been like really, really good. So it was it was going well. It was going great. And then she got like really, really slippery. Oof. So I would I slipped out. So on its own, I would slip right back in. So we still <laughs> going at it for like probably like 20 minutes. So it kept slipping out. So I kept going right back in. So after like the fourth time it was slipping out, I looked down. And it was kind of like, it wasn't an explosion, but the slipping like in and out, like after a while, left some like specks and truffle butter on the bed. And I saw it and I was just like, I'm not going to stop. This feels too good. (laughs) So I went right back in and then like between like her getting wet, me slipping out and like her wetness, like seeping down like to her butt. And then it like seeped down, like down her crack. Like we're going like in and out, so seeping past that, and then it's like just like a little puddle on the bed with like the explosions. It's just effect. a mess. Mm-hmm. It, it was a was mess. Was it your bed or hers? It was my bed. Did you but, replace the bed mat, the mattress? Yeah. Now so, I got now I got like these blue sheets. They're really nice. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Look at the most face here. Like. <laughs> 
was like, hmm, you got some, some chocolate butter stains on that mattress. <laughs> No, so it cleaned up really well. But I think it was the fact that um I did I saw it and I didn't even care and I was just like, uh-huh. yeah, we're just gonna keep this going. Yeah, well, I mean that's exciting. Mm-hmm. But afterwards, oh. then I told her like, don't move. <laughs> right. That Whatever was like, let me go. Yes. <laughs> that's not, we're gonna get into etiquette, but that's a courtesy thing, men. Oh. If if you are making a mess, please get up and go get a, a nice warm rag and bring it and wipe us off. Don't mm-hmm. leave us there. Mm-hmm. don't do that that's rude that's rude mm-hmm. um so next question is have y'all been having any quarantine quickies like any sneaky links be honest oh yeah i have <laughs> actually the quarantine has like it has brought back my love for car sex like mm. it's it's great because it's like you don't want to go up in somebody's crib but you really want to be with this one person. So it's like, all right, well, you know, we'll negotiate and like get this done inside the car. So that way I'm only exposed to you and you're what I'm willing to risk. But I don't, I came here for you, not for your aunt's cold or your grandmother's cold and all of that. Jason? Nah, I I gotta start living vicariously vicariously through you, Orlando, because you got that life. Cause yeah. I'll tell you right now, it's, it's it's been like it's been like a desert summer right now. It's like <laughs> man. what they say it's a it's a it's a it's a cold spring. <laughs> Ain't nothing been happening in these streets over here, man. So you know, I, mm-hmm. look at me anytime you see me, and I'm like three and a half, almost a month in with no shave. You know, ain't nothing going down. Over oh, there. Man. So, like, yeah, I'm 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 ready. I'm ready for it to turn this corner. Like things are getting normal mm-hmm. again. It's mm-hmm. I feel you, Jason. I'm right there with you. Nay, <laughs> 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 having over here. <laughs> and Tati, I think you said no, but you know, I've been plotting. Okay. <laughs> um, I, got, I got a few little, um, a few little roots, little building up, trying to see what's going to happen. You know, my birthday's coming up. I never mm-hmm. had birthday sex before, so trying to trying to make some things shake over here. Okay. Yeah, you got what? Four days. I got four days. You know, I get it. Honestly, a lot can happen in twenty four hours. So. That's true. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is true. <laughs> so okay. So next question. So obviously condoms are like PPE. So are you when you're having sex, and maybe if you're not having sex during this time, are you going to use condoms and wear masks at the same time? (laughs) (laughs) I would just say that I personally like to me, kissing is like so mandatory. It is a determinant factor of like if the chemistry is actually there. So if you're trying to wear a mask, it's a dub. Like we're not, we're not gonna like have, mm-hmm. we're not gonna do anything because I have to even kiss you first before I even decide if I want to have sex with you. Right. So no, but condom use, yes. Masks, no. Okay, that's fair. Jason, or I, I'll, I'll tell you from the condom perspective, it's hard enough to get people to wear a condom during sex. So yeah. I, I, I ain't nobody wearing no condoms and masks. <laughs> if they get to that level, man, they shooting the dice. Like either or, like either we don't go one way, we don't go another. Like, like we, we can't go all in one now. Like that's asking a lot. Uh, so like, I, you know, I I like knowing the fact that I'm using my own product. So you know, I'm gonna I'm, I'm more of like the type of like we'll rock with the condom, and we're just gonna have to take off the masks. Okay. So okay. That, once I get back in the game, of 
course. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, I thought you lying. So. <laughs> you said Jason lying. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I say niggas lie. Like man, you know, it, it's, it's, lie, lie. <laughs> it's hard in these streets right now, man. You know, it, 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 we're in Atlanta. Up. Y'all be out <laughs> during the pandemic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Please. <laughs> I'm dead. What about you, um, Orlando? Uh, I am condom, no mask. But I was thinking, I do like eating pussy. But if I can get out of it by wearing a mask, uh, oh, <laughs> there's always a dental band. Yeah. <laughs> Uh uh-uh. uh. Wow. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. I can't because I'm wearing this mask. Uh. I'm going to be like the CDC. Wow. <laughs> the CDC. <laughs> we got sex, though. Mm-mm. See, I was with you because you were talking about dismantling toxic masculinity. Now you're going in the trash bucket. Uh, we, nobody wants to give head every time. Um, That's a requirement. It's not right. 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 Okay. It's actually a, a part of foreplay, if we're being real. So. I know, I agree, but I'm I'm on the reality spectrum of things. Nobody enjoys or wants to do it every single time. So if I can get out of it, maybe once or twice out of the ten thousand times I'm gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go save your time. <laughs> yeah, nobody. You don't want head from somebody that don't want to give head that night. That's, That's okay. Want. That is very true. That's what yeah. you don't want. Yeah. So next question is, what are two rules on your sex etiquette list? Ooh, that's a good one. Who who's got to answer? Mm-hmm. I gotta think about it. Uh, no, I'll, I'll tell you. You know, I'm starting to question our etiquette. Yeah, I, I just say you know, keep keep it fun and be, and be and be yourself. Um, mm. To me, those are the top two things. Like, if somebody's uncomfortable, like in, in their own skin, or kind of like, it, 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 or the energy isn't right, it kind of makes it, it, ma- it makes it a little awkward. And then I'd say the other thing is like, yeah, key, key, it's supposed to be enjoyable. Like, don't get so caught up in your thoughts that like you can't enjoy them, you can't right. enjoy the experience. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, mine's would be smell good and communicate mm-hmm. because, uh, well, smell good, of course, for obvious reasons, but. Communicate because I can't please you if I don't know where, well, I can if I don't know where, but like communicating and letting me know what you like so we can like optimize this experience, I always feel like is the best way to go about it. Absolutely. Um, I definitely can agree with the communication. I think communication and consent are both very sexy things that we both, we all need to integrate in our, you know, sexual lives. And um, I'm also very, I guess my other etiquette thing would be, be open. Um, Because, you know, I like to use toys and men also like to use toys and I like to use objects and whatever. so just be open, open to communication. Yeah, mm-hmm. my things. Yeah, I can agree more. Um, mm. so do, do does anyone here have any boundaries in the bedroom? Like, there's a there's something that you're like, absolutely not. I am not doing that. Yeah, I, so, I have one. Do. I can tell you right now, okay. you're, you're not spitting in my mouth. I'm not doing. <laughs> I think spit is disgusting. My dad. So like growing up, my dad used to like hawk loose. Ooh. 
Ooh. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. When I see spit and I like, well, I've tried, I've really tried to get into it. I tried it once and I almost threw up. So. Mm, God. But are you really big on kissing? Yes, but kissing and freaking, you know, trying to like drool in my mouth are two different things. <laughs> well, no, okay. Well, I was going to say, I think there's a huge difference between a whole loogie going right. in your mouth and like you're having an intense makeout session and it's like the drool comes down from your mouth and it is like, I, I mean, I think that that is okay. But like you said, like the do not take it from literally down in your esophagus. Right. I have a really, I even have, honestly, I genuinely have a hard time coming up with spit to like spit on the dick. So like, mm. I can't, I, it's really, it takes a lot. I'd be like, okay, let me just run and go grab some water, please. Give me a second. Mm-hmm. So you trying to put spit in my mouth? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> What if what if he like cuffs his tongue and just puts like a nice salivated one just right in the cuff and just lays it down nicely in your mouth while y'all make out? I will cut his tongue off. <laughs> <laughs> no spit for Tati P, okay? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Jason, Orlando, anybody? I'll let Orlando because Orlando got all the answers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually have no boundaries. I just don't like anything um, in my butt other than a finger, like anything past that. And it's not necessarily because of like um, anything other than the fact that it just doesn't feel good. Other than okay. that, I would just have no boundaries. But yeah, moment for everything. I was going to say, do you think that the butt play is like low-key a part of masculinity like that that challenge of masculinity or is it just the fact that you're just like no thank you oh no it definitely challenges masculinity but it doesn't bother me it's just okay. that it just doesn't feel good like i i've known some like of the freakiest um people like that have literally will go to like parties like sex parties like on the norm will like need sex like every day and they were just like oh yeah i don't like my ass ate and it's like that's like the base of freakiness now. Like <laughs> it was like, yeah, well, I'll do everything in the world. I just don't want my ass ate. So it's like, yeah, as long as like there is no like um, societal like construct like stopping you mm-hmm. from exploring whatever you want to explore, then yeah, if you don't, if you're not into something, then you're just not into it. But that's where mine is really. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Any boundaries for you, Jason? Uh you know, I'm in, I'm in the condom game, so I'll say my only boundaries is unprotected sex. Okay. Very on brand. <laughs> Very on brand. Your publicist has written the best <laughs> talking points. They're, be- you, they're behind okay. him. <laughs> they're behind him with a cue card. Like this. To save this line. Right. right. Card. She's like, do not go off the card. <laughs> <laughs> Um, next question is, well, one, does anyone in the, in the group have children? No, 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 no. So, so say that you do have children. How are you presenting the birds and bees conversation with them? Mm. Oh, oh, I'm going to be bad at this because I'm, I'm the type that thinks that the straightest distance to the journey is straightforward. So I'm just going to be like, all right, well, you know, let's talk about penises and vaginas. And just like, I like to talk to kids as if they're my age. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to need somebody else. I already know I'm going to need somebody else there to like soften it over. 
but I'm going to be mm-hmm. pretty much straightforward. I'll probably try and get better as time goes along. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. Tati? Um, so I've been thinking about this a lot, especially with all the recent news about like sexual misconduct and harassment and assault. Yeah. I think it's, I think personally, I really, if I do have a son, like I really want to instilling him, instill in him that like the importance of getting consent and how to make it sexy, which is why I like, really hope, you know, that my child's father is in my my kid's life because like that's something that only like a man could teach his son or whatever that as they say. Um, mm-hmm. but I want to like make sure that is like known from a very mm-hmm. early age and trying to figure out ways to integrate that and in, like lessons that I want to teach my kids and even for women. You know, sometimes a lot of the reasons why like this whole Me Too movement began is because we didn't realize that we were getting harassed and assaulted and participating in this misconduct or participating in this like sex rape culture or whatever. So like, I kind of want to like lay out those things for my daughter or just be very open in the sounding board to her. If she ever feels like she's in a tricky situation. Um, I think it's really hard to talk about because you don't want to like go in full force, like don't have sex, sex, bad. use condoms, don't get pregnant. Because I want my kids, you know, either way, if you're going to be super, super, like, strict or super, super open, your kids are going to have sex. It's yeah. Incredible. They're going to yeah, it's, it's, at exactly. some point in time, they're going to do it. So I, I don't know. I've been thinking about it a lot. Like, how do I want to approach it? I don't want to be too cool of a mom because, you know, I want my kids to have fun, but I don't want them out here just, like, pussy popping on the handstand on the corner either. <laughs> um, At least not at, not at, like, 16, like. Right, you can do that twenty six. Right, twenty six. That's what you do. That's your choice. Yeah, but um, you know, I wanna, I wanna try to like find that middle ground where it's like, I want you to understand the the like consequences, not consequences as if it's bad, but like what comes with having sex. But also, I want you to also have fun. Mm -hmm. So that middle ground is what I'm trying to figure out now. Cause my parents, you know, I love them to death and we had this conversation on my life, but like they didn't talk to me about this and I learned some of my lessons the hard way. Um, so I, I'm, I don't know. It's, it's still a learning process, but you know, as they say, once you become a parent, some of those parental ish, like instincts just kick in. So we'll see. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, my, I, when I think back on it, my parents didn't never had the conversation with me. Mm-hmm. I can just think of two different encounters. The first one, um, I was going on like a mini like weekend vacation with my boyfriend at the time in college. And my mom was like, all right, well, make sure you use condoms. And I was like, what? Right. Like we, we, we had never talked about sex. Wow. I had never told you that I had sex, but you already, even though I was going to be having sex, you already <laughs> was like, oh yeah. I'm like, okay. And then another time, the second time was, um, I think it was, yeah, back in 2016 when I had a really, really unfortunate situation of like my best friend at the time sleeping with my man and my dad, I was telling him about the situation and my dad was just like, well, see, Simone, this is why you can't tell your friends why the dick's so good. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Daddy knows. He knows. Dad. I was in the middle of sobbing, but crying, laughing at the same time. I was like, what in the world? So literally those are the only two encounters. So I always say that like my parents will know that I'm fully sexually active when I show up to the house pregnant. So yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go ahead, Jason. <laughs> uh, nah, I, I guess I was fortunate. Like um, 
I don't know if it's fortunate or just my, my parents were able to kind of quickly see through my lies. Like when I was in the high school or whatever, and I started telling my parents, like, like it'd be about nine, 10 o'clock, like I'm going by my boy's house to play video games. They knew like they knew something was up at that at that point. So then what happened is they just started leaving condoms on the on like the steps to get upstairs to where my bedroom used to be. And then like and then literally like shortly thereafter, they were like, All right, you ain't gotta be honest with us, but like if you are having sex, just make sure you're protected because we ain't trying to have no babies around here. And that was basically yeah. um, and, and so I would say with my kid, like you can kind of, I think at a certain age, like you'll be able to kind of like see their mannerisms or see if things are changing. And if it kind of, and if, and if that shows, you just got to address it head on. Yeah. Like you, you ain't going to, I would rather they come to me or feel comfortable with me with letting me know. So I kind of like dispel whatever issue that may be around it as opposed to them kind of like learning in the streets. Cause yeah. like, yeah, the streets take them. Then it's, then it's a wrap. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Goodness. Um, so here's a scenario question. How do you tell someone that you're no longer interested in them after you have a bad sexual encounter? Oh, oh God. So can I start by saying that I've been going around um spreading this theory that I truly believe in pity sex. Um mm. I've been a giver of pity sex, I've received pity sex. Um, and I think that's kind of like when you know when a person is just like going through the motions mm -hmm. they don't even got to tell you it's just like all right this is a dub like whatever mm -hmm. i'm over it but the last time i had to tell somebody that i wasn't interested like we were like casually dating i guess and in the morning i was like you know what okay i was like a little like i guess tipsy so i was just like very horny anyways last night but let me just do it one more time right now just, just to confirm a makeup around i'm feeling right i was like let me just make sure because in the morning i don't know i'll be active i'm i'm a morning person even though i'm like getting up out of my bed i'll be up at like 6 a.m um so yeah we we did it one last time and it just didn't hit it just did not hit and i actually really really love morning sex like i love like we blowing each other like our stink breaths in each other's mouths like i love that <laughs> But like, I love it. <laughs> it's just so I'm just like, oh my god, I love you. Um, yeah, I'm a cancer. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it just it didn't hit, and I was just like, wow, this is crazy. I was like, you know, yeah. Did you feel? I say, like, did you feel anything? Like, I didn't feel anything. And mm. they were like, nah. I think it's like I think it's over. And I was like, yeah, I agree. That was one of the healthiest, like, fake breakups I've ever had. Yeah, wow. Truly. Very mature, both Truly. of y'all. Like, great. It was very mature. I think because, like, we were friends beforehand, and we okay. wanted to keep the friendship. So instead of, like, dragging things on until it got awkward, and then I saw you with somebody else at, you know, everyday people party, and then I get upset, mm -hmm. we're just like, I think this is the end. Mm -hmm. Also, we had gotten into an argument that, like, the night prior about mm -hmm. like, dating and our expectations for one another. So I think it kind of just like was at the end of its like cycle and we tried to give it one more shot and neither one of us, you could tell when somebody's not into it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, you don't even have to say anything, but I just felt the need to like verbally express it. Right. That was the end. And we're still friends, really good friends, actually. Oh, good. Yeah. And it's so awkward because like one time we were at a um, party together and we were playing like never have I ever. It was like never have I ever fucked anybody in this room. 
And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. put a finger down. <laughs> this is awkward as fuck. But about <laughs> it when it ends amicably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Jason? Um, I I just believe in kind of just being open and respect, like open and respective, um, respectful of somebody else. So like, <clears throat> I don't know. In 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 my scenario, I just like to just be like, all right. Like, a lot of times I'll go and kind of like pass up on the physical for a good for like a good kind of like friendship. So I think like where I'm at kind of right now, I'm like a lot more selective about mm-hmm. kind of like the the kind of engagements that I have as opposed to maybe kind of like once where I wasn't as selective or whatever. So I think now, like if it gets to that point, I'm like, you know, let's just be friends. Like, let's just kind of be cool. We ain't even got to take it there. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of that's kind of how I roll now. Honesty is key. I am, I'm more of a like glutton for punishment. So even if, even if the sex is bad, I'll probably go back like a second or third time. Like, no, something's got to change. I have this thing where like I like to make sure everyone I come across is pleased. So if it's really, really bad, it's like I got to find a way to like even make our last time be like, all right, this is satisfying in some aspect. Or even if I did good and I didn't feel like it was good enough, um, I would just... I would just try to like avoid any like physical interactions with them. So I'll still be nice and subtle gentleman, but when it comes to the physical, uh, I'll try to avoid it. And I feel like women like naturally don't like to chase. So I feel like if you're asking to see me or asking to have sex with me and it's just like, nah, I got to do this or like, there's always a reason why, like after a while y'all don't try anymore. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Woo. Thank you, thank you for recognizing So do you all think that there's a time frame in which you should engage with having sex with someone? So like you're in the dating phase and it's like, okay, after date four, date five, you know, I think it's okay to have sex with this person. Or like do you is you just kind of just go with the flow? I think I think it was Steve Harvey who had like a 90 day rule or something like oh, that. Please. Like, do you abide by those kinds of rules? Steve Harvey is no. absolute garbage. <laughs> he deserves to sit in the barrel, the bottom of the barrel with the rest of these misogynistic assholes. Let them know how you really feel. Oh, look. I go on and on. Steve Harvey is trash. Think like a man was trash. Think like a man too was even worse. <laughs> like, go off. Listen. Go off. Meanwhile, he dated an ex-drug dealer's wife. Like, we don't got time for you, sir. Please. I really don't like him. (laughs) I see. I just think he is just the worst. But anyways, um, (laughs) I I, I guess I'll interject my opinion really quickly. Um, I think that it is highly situational. Um, There's been people who are in relationships now for, like, years and they had sex the first night. There's people who were like, oh, we waited a few you know, dates and they are still together or they're not together. So I really think it's just based off of you and the other person's chemistry. I think that's the most important part in a relationship outside of like once you actually start building your relationship is do we actually like each other? Do we have chemistry? 
because if you don't have chemistry with nobody, you should not be forced in the relationship. Like it is not going to be fun for you. It's going to be miserable. So that's my opinion on that. Couldn't agree more. Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, run the question by me one more time. Oh, if you think there's a time frame um, right. as to when you can have sex, when you should have sex while you're in the dating phase. Nope. I am a man of the universe. And whenever the universe says it's time for us to have sex, I go with it. So whether it's from the first day, night, two hours, two months, it doesn't matter to me, really. Mm-hmm. Also, I like to, I've gotten to a space where <clears throat> um, sex, I guess, like sex hasn't been hard to obtain. So there's no need for me to like chase it. Wow, anymore. a complex. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard to. <laughs> so, no, but... Orlando, please. <laughs> Mr. Bitches over here. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Orlando's good in these streets, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but because it wasn't so like hard to get to, um, I just changed my perspective and like what excites me. So I like to experience people now and like the sex is now just like the bonus. So with that, I've come across like a lot of like great people when like my dick isn't leading the charge and like you learn so much more. And funny enough, which is the double-edged sword, more people want to have sex with you when you're not looking to have sex with anybody. (laughs) Can I just say something so important? And I think Simone, you and I have talked about this before. It is when you're dating somebody, like at least when you're going on the first date, please like do not think about sex. Yeah. That will ruin the relationship because you're not going to actually get to know that person. All you're thinking about is like trying to have sex. You should really go for somebody who you're genuinely interested in getting to know. Mm-hmm. that's the key but uh, all right that's all i just want to say because that's such an important you know thing too to address it, it is right. because then that sexual chemistry is even going to be mm-hmm. that much more amazing mm-hmm. yeah. astronomical mm-hmm. are you in agreement with jack with yeah that no i i think a thousand percent it's all on energy right mm-hmm. like I, I i think the same way kind of like a woman kind of say you know everybody says within the first 10 minutes you know like I think from like our, my side, like if you already know that it's going to be like purely physical or like it's going to be a relationship or it's going to just be like a friendship, like wherever the energy kind of like leads, then kind of just be open to wherever that process may go. And who knows, sometimes you may start off as friends and the energy may change, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, you know, I actually see something, see, some, see something that could be a little bit deeper. In it. Um, but I, I don't necessarily kind of come in with a lot of like predisposed kind of like ideas in terms of what it should be and then try to fit somebody else into that. Mm-hmm. Now we're all grown at this point. Ain't none of us like 13, 15, 16. Right. Right? Like this ain't the first, first, first go around the lap. So right. it's like, all right, we all grown here. Right. Um, and then the last question before we wrap up is what's your kink? <laughs> <laughs> Um, my kink is pain. I like pain mixed with my pleasure. Mm. So I have, um, I've been tied up, flogged, um, scratched, bitten, you know, just pain. Wow. Whatever you can come with. Wow. At the same time, like, <laughs> uh, I walk not with the pleasure or like with during intercourse. Let's get it. 
Okay. Have you have you been brought to so much pain? Like maybe you've been choked so hard where you literally almost went out and, and like has that happened for you? His internet may be freezing up. Oh no. Oh, I didn't know you wanted me to. Share okay, well while we let his his internet oh, work. Man. Oh, I'm freezing up. Well, I mean, I was just I just was asking because because of, of the pain aspect. You you can share a story if you'd like. You don't have to, but Oh, I didn't know you were wondering how far scary. the pain gets. <laughs> um, I've passed out before. I had a girl sit on my face and she was enjoying herself. Um well the story goes as um she didn't want to have sex because she didn't shave or she didn't get a wax. So I was like, I don't care about any of that. Let's go for it. So she, <laughs> so she sat on my face and like she got really, really wet. Apparently she didn't have sex in a while and I was doing good not to toot my own horn. But so she was sitting on my face, she got really, really wet. So the mix of her saliva and the wetness went into her pubic hairs. The pubic hairs were long because she was like from the islands. So... <laughs> The pubic hair oh, was okay. long enough. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but the pubic hairs are long enough to where, like, they reached my nostrils. So the saliva mixed with her wetness seeped out in the pubic hair and then covered my nostrils. And I didn't even realize it because I'm looking up at her because she's sitting on my face. So once I tried to breathe through my nose, everything got clogged up. I tried to breathe, but I, bro- I breathed out into her and it came right back into my mouth. So I was sitting there like I can't breathe, slowly passing out. And I was and I put my hands down. And instead of pushing her off, I put my hands down and was like, this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so I passed out and she woke me up and it's been great ever since. And I, I'm still wow. still trying to get into a relationship with her. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to keep us updated. <laughs> And I hope she's listening. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have, I have the biggest crush on her. Like, I... oh man, that is so crazy. <laughs> Jason, do you, do you have a man. Like I, 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 I wish I did. I get some pretty vanilla, um, mm-hmm. Millie Vanilli over here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and imagine yeah. the hard or soft podcast. <laughs> the podcast. Week in and week out, it's like this. Oh my <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Tati, you want to wrap it up for us um, with your kink? Sure. So first off, Jason, everybody uh-huh. has a little bit of kink in them. I will send this to Simone, but there's a BDSM test you can take to figure out what you're into. I took that. I, like you you want to hear about some of the kinks I've seen? Because, you know, I've been in the industry a long time. We work yeah. with a lot of adult. Mm-hmm. Now, I will tell you one of the most wild kinks that I've seen, though. So, you know, we sponsor a lot of like kind of like swinger parties in New York City. So, you know, it's kind of like the the face of the brand a lot of times. Like, you know, I got to make representation to, you know, make sure the brand's properly represented and everything like that. Right. So um, with one of the parties that we used to that we used to sponsor, I went in and, you know, it was like sponsored by like a brand and they had kind of like a little setup and everything else. But, you know, like where there would usually be kind of like a soup in front of the bar, there was literally a guy wrapped up in a rug right <laughs> and you were and, and when you were going to order your drinks you were supposed to stand on him and i mean like full body wrap full body wrap up with a small cutout for his nose so he could breathe mm. like he used to pay the woman that used to be like sponsoring the parties to get wrapped up in a rug 
and to literally be like the stool that people would like to be like the stump that people would have to stand on when they would order their drinks. Oh my and god! Like you talk about like, like you know, like what you're talking about, Orlando, with like masculinity, and they're like, like you almost feel weird, like you're like, yo, should I be like stepping on this man to order my drink, like knowing that the man's mm-hmm. gonna like, like, uh, I don't know, I felt real uncomfortable about it, like, like you know, but um, <laughs> but out of kinks, that I think was one of the most like far out kinks that I had seen. Like, imagine like literally paying a woman to be a stupid at a swinger party, and right. <laughs> That's I, I yeah, I I'm I'm sort of um into that, but not to like that extent. It's so that's going under, I believe, masochism and humiliation. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is actually really dope. Uh I haven't really explored the humiliation aspect, even though I'm not against it. But there are times where I like to just be like a mannequin on the bed and a woman like have the power to do whatever they want to my body. So I, that's what I was saying. I understand like in his, in that dude's realm, mm-hmm. he's the inanimate object of a rug. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I would like to, in my head, I like to think like I am the inanimate object of whatever this woman envisions for me mm-hmm. and however she wants to use but, me. But there would still be kind of like a level of pleasure within that, right? Like, Well, the pleasure is in the humiliation and like he's being stepped on. So he is now the rug. He is now feeling the essence of being a rug, which is only purpose is to be stepped on. <laughs> like, so it's, it's kind of just like how it, you can view it however you want, but it's more so dawned on how the viewer um, or the 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 person that is that views it himself and how he however he wants to be viewed because he can easily just get stepped on if he wanted to, <laughs> but he wants to don himself as this inanimate object. So that's why I said like I'm not into it in that extent, and I haven't really explored the humiliation field, but that might be where that person's mentality and concept is. Got it. Yeah. This makes me want to take the BDSM test. I know. I'm going to say Tatiana's right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. Oh, Tati, yeah. What's your kink? Yeah. So I think that I've recently discovered that my biggest kink is role play. Um, Mm. And role play where I can be a dominatrix. Um, Even though I'm very, like, aggressive and opinionated and independent in real life, for some Mm. reason, like, I'm also into that to a certain degree in the bedroom. Like I also 100% like to be the sub, but when I get the opportunity to like be an aggressive dom, that shit really turns me on. So like recently, um, and recently, I mean like pre-COVID and like maybe within the last year, sometime in 2019, um, a friend and I, we were like, you know what, fuck it. Let's like do some shrooms and just like have sex. And I was like, okay. At some point, we decided to do role play, and I was like, let's, and honestly, like, in retrospect, this is kind of fucked up, but we were like, let's do, let's do Cops and Robbers. No. <laughs> read, read the room. Right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even if we, I don't know. We were just like, guys. And, and who was the cop and who was the robber? Um, I was the cop. Okay. They were the robber. <laughs> And I like busted my bedroom and I was like, put your fucking hands up, man. Oh, that's kind of sexy. That is sexy. 
bruh, I'm so fucking awkward. I'm just so awkward in real life when it comes to like being sexy. And like when I try to be sexy and like aggressive, it just turns out to be weird. So um yeah, that's that's my kink. I like role play. I like I like to be in like like funny situations because I'm like naturally my awkward is to me, my awkwardness is like my sexiness at the same time. So if I can be awkwardly sexy, that's when I feel the most like powerful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, awkwardly sexy, I like that. Yeah, you know, like Issa Rae, but elevated to another level. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. I think that I'm I'm still trying to figure out what my kink is. Um, I think more recently I've discovered that I do like to be choked a little bit. Ooh, okay, but like, but just, you just like that? Enough. Tell Tell Tatiana about the spit. I do. Yeah. I do. Oh, <laughs> don't look at my mouth now. You can let it. You can let it drip, drip. Yeah. Drip in your mouth. Why are you gonna put me in a spot like that, Jason? That's crazy. <laughs> I can't believe I'm disgusted. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh well this was such an amazing conversation right? thank you all for being here i had thank so much you. fun i think there's a lot of key takeaways from here that you can learn uh that the listeners can learn from so thank you again um before we go make sure you just share where people can find you on social media how they can support your business or your project or whatever it, whatever the case may be all right you can find uh this is jason and you can find us at uh, B Condoms, just the letter B Condoms with an S, uh, on Instagram. You can also find us on Twitter. And if you want to um, support, definitely go to bcondoms.com. You can purchase. And if you purchase, we have a code BSAFE, and that'll get you 20% off. Yes, 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 yes. Support Black business, y'all. Period. For real. Um, I guess I'll go. So you can follow me at underscore Tatiana P across all social media platforms. Every Thursday at 9 p.m., I have an Instagram Live called Tati's Treasures. And you can support me even more by donating to any organization that supports Black Lives Matter, whether it be BlackLivesMatter.com, Change.org, 8 Can't Wait, and any other organization that is um, putting Black people at the forefront. I personally don't have one, but any of those that you find across any platform, donate, donate, donate. Um, go out in the streets, protest, send your um, local officials letters, demand change. That is the key to dismantling this racism and this white patriarchy that we are being oppressed by. Amen. Amen. Um, I am Orlando Roy. My social media is Dear Orlando Roy, D-E-A-R, Orlando R-O-Y-E. OnlyFans.com backslash Dear Orlando Roy, where I like to spread awareness, comfort, and education about male sex toys, which has been working. I've gotten work from my sponsor. Um, <laughs> then there's Harder Soft Pod on Instagram and on Twitter, Harder Soft Pod at gmail.com. We are entertaining and educational. We, we are here to dismantle all the um taboo and social constructs about men and sex in so many different ways we have great guests on um we've had dustin from um dustin from the friend zone podcast asante from the friend zone podcast the legendary um twitter 
um, social um, Twitter user DJ ZD. We've had um, friends on as that range from like strippers to just like vanilla people that are very vanilla. Um, we've had stories about doms. We've had stories about derogatory words come um, as far as the trans community, gay community, and how we can respect women and what coercion really looks like. So we just like to range from the great things we like as far as like threesomes all the way to things that we may be unsure about and we have to look within ourselves to be better men as far as like coercion and sexual assault and all everything that comes with it. So you can listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, um, Audio Mac, iTunes, um, iHeart, anywhere you can find Hard or Soft Podcasts. That'll be us, um, me and my co-host Tahoe TV, and we want to thank you, Simone, for having us. Oh well, this is this is my second time around, so I don't. Yes, you were that now. Yeah, I'm a vet. It was so hard. I had to pay Simone so much money just to get on her podcast. Oh my god! Oh my god! But Simone, I want to thank you. Ever since I met you, like you've been a ray of sunshine, and like yes. you're like Aww, the best. Thank so. you. She is. Thanks, y'all. Gas me up. Gas me up. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yes. And you know, I put the pressure on you to do this podcast at, because as as a friend, I know you, you're going through it and you got your own personal things. But as a fan, I need my podcast when I need my podcast. I know. Well, you see, <laughs> I've been working on my consistency. Okay. Yes, yes. So, yeah. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Stay safe. Stay protected out there, y'all. Bye.